Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I'm just really in a good place right now at the moment and uh, with eyes closed, uh, I just want you to just abide in the presence of God just for a moment. Uh, had a wonderful experience um, on the land uh, during the week, uh, tractor needs it, repairs, tractor mechanic, got to know him a little bit on the phone, turned up on the land and uh, end up witnessing to him for about half an hour he runs a business he's a great man his parents were Christians and he's just trying to make sense of life he's well in his 40s and um, I was just witnessing to him explaining the worth in God and Jesus is the only way and the church is vital to knowing God and doing what God wants us to do and I said look uh, you got you got to go to work and um, but can I pray for you? And I did, and we started to pray in the middle of the paddock. And um, as I did, uh, I just felt the presence of God just break out ar around us. And, uh, you know, I prayed for a couple of moments, and then I said to him, boy, can you feel that? He said, yeah. I said, well, that's the presence of God. And um, <laughs> he said, boy, that's powerful stuff. And so with that... I was left with this legacy of realizing uh, that, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. It'd be crazy trying to live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we're not trying to appease God through a bunch of rules and religion, but we're in hot pursuit of Him by the power and by the presence of God. Amen? And, you know, you, when you study the Word, Jesus was birthed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit in his ministry. Jesus was led into the, into the desert, into temptation, but was overcame by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus taught by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think this, I think it would be foolish to live our life and try and be the church without the power of the Holy Spirit. I think it would be foolish and people have found themselves on the outer with God, on the outer of church because they have not adhered to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be the church, to love, to be forgiving, to be married, to be breadwinners, to worship God, to write songs, to play instruments, to sing, to all that we do is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if we do it without that, it can get a bit tired. And uh, we certainly don't want to do that. And so Lord, with that preempt, I want to say this to you. With your eyes closed again, I just pray this for you, that you would understand this message comes from my heart. 
And uh, this message comes with a, an intention to prove to you that we are included in the family called church. We are included in this great inheritance to be partakers as sons and daughters in the richest affair, the richest affair, the Holy Spirit and all the promises of God are ours in Jesus' name. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you. Yeah, let's really give it up for the Lord. Woo! Amen. Can we give it up for our podcast listeners? The message is uh, this morning called The Great Mystery, The Church Family. Amen. God bless you musicians. Let's give it up for them too. They're doing so well. I love the church and I've always been propelled by the idea that the church can be the church. And uh, I just need to qualify a couple of things as we've done uh, what we've said a couple of weeks ago. I need to do that again. Please get to know our friends, our new friends and family. Uh, the best way to do that is get them before they leave. Run up to them and say hi. Uh, buy them a coffee. I'm sure there's some great food. When we're getting the, chips, uh, the, ch uh, the, the wedges back, we want the wedges. We want the wedges. We want the wedges. With the sour cream. With the sour cream. And the chili sauce. And the chili sauce. What happened? Did we do something wrong? Did we, did we, so did someone say something about those wedges? Oh, your clothes stink now. Yeah, the wedge clothes smell. <laughs> we want the wedges. I think it's getting into that weather. Thank you, Jesus, for the air conditioning in the baby's room, the painting, the back room. Thank you, Lord. I hope you've got your Bibles. Let's get stuck into it. I've got to preach the Word, and uh, we're on time this morning. We're moving along quite quickly. I love that. Andrew did so well in the testimony of why we give, and um, that was sensational, uh, the opportunity you had this week, Jesse, to sing, and uh, we can't say any more about that, but... Um, I believe all over the world, God is um, reaching out to His sons and daughters. And I purposely haven't given uh, a bunch of scriptures to the team yet. I want to kick in at the end with a lot of scriptures, and I didn't want to give too many up there. So I hope you got a notepad and pen. Just grab this. I think it's going to bless you. It will bless you. Who enjoyed last week? Who enjoyed it? You're not saved, and then you attend an institution an organization, you are saved into the church family, worldwide, but a local family. In that local family, you are shaped, hey, I, you used to be here before, is that right? Yeah, hey buddy, how are you? And others and others and others, God bless your visitors in the house. Oxford Falls, fantastic. You're on the coast now? Living up, visiting? Yeah, yeah, great, awesome. Um, when you were saved, you were saved into the family. So, okay, because we've got visitors and, and people probably joining us for the first time in the family series, uh, I want to say this, that you've got to understand that you are a son or daughter and that you deserve all the blessings. You don't have to try hard. You don't have to jump through hoops. You can stand there and feel the sunshine on your life. 
Sunshine on your shoulder makes me happy. What happened to that guy who sang that? I haven't seen him around. Oh, had a, oh, sorry, he had a plane crash. I didn't know. I wouldn't have brought that song up. Ephesians 3.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We know that. We're supposed to express this righteousness and holiness of God as a church. For me, I think, really, if we could be doing that, and I think, I really sense, Jules, that we're not too far off the mark of doing exactly what Jesus wanted us to do. Where he said in John 17, I wish that they, this is his last priestly prayer, I wish that they would be one as I am one with you, Father. I pray that they would be one with each other and do some rocking for the kingdom on the planet. It takes unity. I love this and I read this during the week and it is the dilemma that God has of retrieving people from the world and, and it's tough. It's called a cult, we call it a cultural gap where Aussies in particular, Italians do it well, they do family, Asians do family, Muslims do family. Aussies trying to get them into a family, man, because they're self-sufficient, they're independent, we can do it ourselves. We love God, we understand that, but look, this love each other, forgive each other, that, that's, that's probably not what I want to do, essentially. But you can in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can. So I love this. The trinity of the world is relativism, meaning whatever you reckon. If you live under the ban of relativism, you live by the fact that whatever you think as an individual, that's fine for them. We won't tease that out. The other thing is secularism. You don't believe God. You, you, don't, you don't acknowledge Him. The third one, I thought, in the world's trinity was individualism. Say individualism. That being an individual is the ultimate quest of life. The way we project ourselves. I mentioned Lady Gaga last week, and uh, we worship her because she's an extreme individual. And she lives her own life, does what she wants, and she is a rule unto herself. As you can see by the way she dresses. Um, but our Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we subscribe to that. And so the chief aim of God is to retrieve people from this lost state of trying to work their own life out and trying to bring them into his family but his church and to seriously with heart intent love each other work with each other partner with each other I love the partnering that I saw this week in painting the air conditioning the tractor stuff the office work it's all to do with partnering with each other. Say partner. I want to tease that out later. Oh man, I'm seeing on Facebook you guys doing some serious fellowshipping, uh, celebrating Claire's birthday at the Nourish Cafe 
and, and, and yesterday you did that. I saw about 12 of you. And the poor girl's just come from the country, doesn't know anyone. But here's the family of God, C3 Tugra, saying, hey, we'll throw a party for you. We'll, we'll throw a party for you. And man, here they are celebrating. Claire's going, man, I don't deserve this. But she does deserve it because she's a daughter of the Lord. She's our sister, by the way. Look around. These are your brothers and sisters. These are not fellow members of a church that, you know, is some sort of... No, it it, it really is uh, a family affair. God, our Father, everything hinges off Him. Jesus, His Son. God calls us us His sons, but Jesus is His Son. So I'd like to think that Jesus is our big brother. Who likes that? Who likes to have a brother in Jesus, a big brother? I love that. And so really, Jesus does, in fact, in the Scriptures, calls us brothers, friends. that's, That's powerful. That's really that strong, emotive God's Word, okay. God's Word talks about being transformed. And Corinthians 5.16 says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. That old you is gone. That old, secular, individual, relativism, whatever is is, no, now you believe in moral absolutes. You believe that's bad, that's good. Isn't it a crazy world when we say, that's bad and that's good? You know, Hillsong was on the, apparently, current affairs again. And the world's saying, that's bad. You sure? No, that's bad. Oh, this is good. Gambling and abortion and, oh, okay, I'm sort of getting confused here. So you say that's... No, but we believe in moral absolutes. Amen? And that's the line we cross. (laughs) Therefore, as we are transformed by God and we're a new creation, the Bible's suggesting, man, you can do life differently. You don't have to be miserly, greedy, ugly, in the sense of ugly spirit, you know, like... um, But you, you can be friendly. You can love people. You can be generous, as Jessica was saying. You, you, can, you, can, you can love God. You can love each other. You can do good stuff. You are a new creation. Say, I am a new creation. You can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing for me just to say that, but you really do need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, I love this as, as we continue to read on, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through grace and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. There's your leaders right there. People who are committed to the ministry of reconciliation. What about Ollie Schofield? Is he committed to the ministry of reconciliation or what? His Facebooks, his general 
behavior and attitude in life is reconciling people to Christ. That's ministry. That, that, that should be all the leaders, reconciling. Everything they do, everything they say, everything they are is reconciling. Ultimately, that's what a minister is. A minister is someone who reconciles. If you can reconcile people to Jesus, come see us to run a connect group, by the way. We need more reconcilers. Love it. Transformation. A new command, John 13, 34, just capping off from a couple of weeks of this series. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. It's a commandment. And by the way, by obeying the commandments, we build the house in Matthew chapter 7. The house that we build on the rock, on the rock, is the commandments that we adhere to, those who listen to my words and obey my words, those people are on the solid rock. The more commandments that you can uh, subscribe to but obey, the more solid your house will be in your marriage, in your life, in your finances, in your health. Build your house on the commandments. And the commandment was again, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one and other. So Paul, he's in this dilemma. Jesus has come. He has ascended. He has sent the Holy Spirit as promised. Now, Paul is grappling with heaven's revelation that this new community that was birthed out of Pentecost, you getting this? That this new community, this community called church, Jesus said, and I will build my church. That wasn't even mentioned beforehand, but now Jesus says church. People are saying church. What's this crazy guy saying now? Build church. It was going to be a community, a local expression of people who hung together through, through thick and thin, tough love, expressed God in his righteousness and holiness do good works, see miracles, perform great wonders for the glory of God, people coming to the life of the church and feeling that and getting won over by God, transformed is the word, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Who's into that sort of stuff? Well, who just wants to sit there and just, just hear some more scriptures? They reckon in America, America is so note-rich, they have taken so many notes, but they have not translated their life from the notes into doing it. They've taken so many notes, Ollie, notes and notes, but their neighbors are saying, we so, see no visible evidence in our neighbor who goes to church every Sunday, we see no visible evidence that what they're into is even worth buying into. Isn't that a sad day? We had a Holy Ghost one night party, but it was supposed to be a connect group. Sorry, guys, we've been in the rules. Uh, we watched a video, Rodney Howard Brown. Somehow we got a bit intoxicated in the Holy Spirit. We started to dance, and someone was stomping, I'm sure, and we were expressing our, our sincere exuberance in God. There was a lot of noise. There was about 30 people stuffed in. That's where our church began, by the way, in the back, back of my house. And the people were celebrating and 
exuberance, a lot of noise. The next door neighbor, who was quite straight, said to me, put her head over the fence, he said, man, what were you guys doing last night? The dishes were shaking out of my cupboard. Was everything all right? Oh, we were just having a prayer group. Oh, wow, I didn't know prayer was like that. But she knew that prayer was lively, active, exuberant, Amen? It wasn't a boring affair, like maybe she thought. So Paul's trying to define the church, and the Jews are really struggling, okay, struggling with the mystery of the Gentiles, the Gentiles who had nothing to do with God. They didn't write any of the Bible. The Gentiles who didn't come from the lineage of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The, the Gentiles who, who really didn't figure at all and the, and the Jews are saying, well, Jesus, man, we're trying to get our head around him, but, but he's letting these Gentiles in, and they're going to become the church? He's going to let the, these people? Just imagine in your own mind who might walk in here, and you might get a bit upset. I'm sure there is one type of person that you might not be able to love as much or care for enough, and you might go, oh... Do they, are they really part of the church? Are they really part of the kingdom? Come on, everyone's got their dispositions, amen? But Jesus said, no, everyone can come in. Oh, that's a different proposition for a righteous, religious, self-righteous, religious person, amen? Okay, here we go. Paul explains it like this. Ephesians 3, 4. I still haven't not given you the scriptures, but I will in a moment. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Paul is downloading this amazing understanding of what church can be. Ephesians 3, 5, which was not made known to men in other generations, and it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets, which he was one. What is the mystery? It's this, that Gentiles... Ephesians 3, 4, and 5 says, excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope, without God in this world, are now partakers of it and deserve it of it. And he's trying to explain this to the Jews. Ephesians 3, 6 says it like this, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, with God's people, members together of one body, and sharers, say sharers, together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Then Paul, if you look at all the scriptures, he talks about the dynamic, and it really is a dynamic of the word koinonia, your favorite word, James, the word koinonia, which is this whole dynamic about the Holy Spirit and how people related with each other in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said, and I'll only glance a few of these things before I bring it up to some more scriptures. Um, he says in his teachings that we are disciples, that we are learners of Jesus. Are you a disciple? Are you teachable? You're a disciple, amen? You're brothers. It's a family affair. That's another, that's another language he uses, brothers. Another one is this, that we are saints, that we are holy, that we're set apart holy. Then in the book of Ephesians, I said last week, he mentioned seven pictures, seven, the assembly, the body of Christ, where his workmanship, family, the temple, the bride, the army, but right in the middle of that is this, that we are family, 
In fact, when I was worshiping God this morning, I was reminded of of the scripture, I think it's in Isaiah 59 thereabouts, and it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, say this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise a standard against the enemy. Do you know what? In years previous, I've always thought, man, what's that standard? Man, is that the blood of Christ? Is that the name of Jesus? Is that the word of God? But you know what? I wonder if it's this. I wonder if it's family. The family pulled together in a tragedy. Julie's sister is just going through a big issue that's rocking the family of breast uh, cancer. Okay, And um, the family is pulling together. That standard, that determination is galvanizing Julie's sister's faith and hope and trust in God. Family, it's a powerful thing, man. Who believes in this stuff? Family, there's something dramatic, powerful about when you pull together. My brothers, when I'm out there at Avoca Beach on Boxing Day, we get together only every Boxing Day. And my brothers, and we go out to Avoca Beach. We have a close family. And, um, and, but this is an amazing thing. We go out and body surf, and we've done it for the last 16, 18 years. We used to go out at Soldiers Beach. We used to go out. Now we go out to Avoca's where my sister lives. But going out there, man, I can feel the worth of family body surfing with them, coming down those waves and looking across and seeing my brother. That's a powerful thing. It's awesome. Church should be like that. Surfing, worshiping God, looking down and saying, oh man, yeah, this is awesome, worshiping God together. This is awesome. This is a wave of the Holy Spirit. We should all be paddling, surfing, man. Andrew's got his board, cutting it. Some are body surfing, some are... At least bring your board, something, anything, man. Just bring something, a little floaty, whatever. Bible says in Ephesians uh, 2.18, for through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. Don't feel like a foreigner or an alien, my friend. But you are a fellow citizen. You're part of the family with God's people and members of God's household. You're members of the family of God. Amen? You're part of the spiritual family. And we said last week in Ephesians 3.14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, because everything is derived from the Father. The family is derived from the Father. Amen? Is this good? I'm getting there. Ephesians 3.15, I'm laying some foundation here. From whom his whole family, Ephesians 3.15, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I talked about koinonia. And it does emote the words common sharing participation. That's why giving together. By the way, if you've given online, participate in the moment with us by filling the slip out. Julie and I give online. A lot of the guys do. All our leaders, in fact, give online. But feel part of the moment of the worship service, which is, is the giving segment of the, ch- it's the... It's the worship service. Feel part of it by saying, I have given online. And participate with us. Share the moment with us. Participate. We are the community. I'll tease that out later. He says things like this in the epistles. We are to build up each other. 
lots of scriptures. We are to care for one another, more scriptures. We are to love one another, more scriptures. We are to pursue one another's good, scripture. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. This is all in the Bible. This is all in the B-I-B-L-E. We are to submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. We are to be devoted together in love, to live in harmony with each other. I love it. Awesome. Which brings me now to the scriptures that I want to... So this is it. This is the challenge that we need to... I think this is the key. We need to experience the Holy Spirit together. Like... Pastor Phil, with the tractor mechanic, when I prayed, I felt the Holy Spirit come around us. He felt it, and he doesn't even go to church, although he says he prays to Jesus. He says, what's that? I said, that's the Holy Spirit. I honestly believe you will struggle to do all the stuff that you need and that God is asking you to do in Christendom, in your Christian life, without the Holy Spirit. You will struggle to read your Bible without the Holy Spirit. You will struggle to pray without the Holy Spirit. First and foremost in your life, you must be acquainted with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to transform you, as it says, you're a new creation. By saying that, we take out the the little motor of your heart we take that out and i'm just having images now of iron man and and then now you're fully optimized to do life thank you luke he's my yeah it's fantastic i just i think it's foolish i'll say it again i think it's foolish luke that we try and do church, try and be church, try and know God more without the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to say into that. Here it is. We owe, I think, I think this, say this after me. I owe my Christian life to the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit, there it is there, the Holy Spirit, into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we are all given the one Spirit to drink. Created and formed by the Spirit, it says. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, jot these down. I'm moving on really quickly. My time is done. It talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and it says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, say fellowship, of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When I prayed with the tractor mechanic, we were just standing in the natural. But when I prayed, the Holy Spirit came in. What do you want? Can I help out? You want something? Do you want some, you want some salvation? The Holy Spirit is just like, just so eager to, well, what do you need? What do you want? When you invite the Holy Spirit in, by prayer and by just invitation, the Holy Spirit comes in. It's so energetic. It's saying, what do you want? What do you want? Want some healing? Man, I can heal the guy. Pray and I'll heal him. I'll bring the benefits of the cross of Calvary to him right now. And you're just standing there in the natural but going, 
Yeah, Jesus, Lord. Yeah, he's supposed to be able to heal. I guess we could give it a shot. No, man, Jesus can heal. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's here right now. Can heal you right now. Do you want some of that? Having a struggle at home with your marriage. You're having an argument. Let's pray. Let's get the Holy Spirit on this argument. You've got to argue the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I'm real good. The Holy Spirit comes in. He mediates. He brings answers, solutions, pacifies the flesh. Boom. Problem solved. The flesh, it loves to attack itself, attack each other. You've got a problem in your business. got a problem in your finances. Ask the Holy Spirit. It's all about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is trying to, I guess, prove to the Jews that this was a whole new day. This was a whole new day of being the people of God. They hadn't had this in the Old Testament. This was extraordinarily, amazingly, mind-blowingly different. That we weren't just earning our way. And because the Bible says in Galatians, the ones who followed the law, let's just tease that out just quickly. Praise God. Okay, guys, I'm flicking right ahead now. Sorry. They're not going to be able to catch up to me. Paul contrasts living under the law with a life of faith life in the spirit living under the law is like being a son before he has come of age he may technically own the whole estate but he's still no better off than a slave so with believers who are no longer under slavery including the slavery to our sin and all that other stuff rather they are sons with full rights say full rights the evidence of which is the experience of the spirit especially the Spirit's cry from within that says, like Jesus said, Abba, Father. That's, that's evidence enough that you have the Holy Spirit you save when you can say, Abba, Father. And Galatians says it like this, 4.4, but when the time has fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. That's my point right there. Because you are sons. God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Romans 8.14 says it like this. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So Father, right now, I just want to stand in that moment and say, Lord God, forgive me if I feel on the outer Forgive me, Lord God, if I feel like a young son who's not entitled to exercise, to inherit the full inheritance of your great salvation, your love. Lord, I just don't feel like I am a daughter. I don't feel like I am a son. But right now, Lord God, you said through your blood, through your salvation, Lord Jesus, that I'm your brother that your Father is my Father and the Holy Spirit is just the perfect comforter, the counselor. Lord, right now I stand before you and I ask you, dear God, let me migrate, let me transition into the family. I don't feel like I'm part of the family. I've tried one or two churches. I've tried to 
a, the Connect group. I've tried to love people. I've tried to be friendly. I've tried to love people. I've tried to open my heart up. Can I say this to you? That the Holy Spirit would enable you to be a sister to your sisters, to be a brother to your brothers. Can I say this? The experience of the Holy Spirit. The Jews were saying, how could this be? No, you've got to earn your way through all the rules and regulations. But Jesus had introduced a, introduced a new day of becoming family. We are your church, Lord. We want to give you glory. We want to be as one. We want to be a people of God that show forth your glory. And the best way I know how to do that, the best way I see that in the scriptures, is hang tough with each other love each other, support each other, pray for each other. Jesus, right now, I just pray the power of the Holy Spirit. Put up your hands if this message is speaking to you, just in the presence of God, if this message is just speaking to you right now in your heart. If you've struggled to be the church, if you've struggled to be a brother or sister, if you've struggled to believe that you have the full inheritance, like the prodigal son who came home and the robe was given, the ring on the finger to do business. The robe, the sandals, fatted calf, the party was thrown. There's a party in heaven, a celebration in heaven over your salvation, the Bible says. Right now I stand before you, dear God, and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be your family. Help me right now. I just pray for every single person in this house now, right now that they would understand that they are brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come right now, fill and bless and anoint every soul in this place. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.